morning, we appreciate all of you being here with us, and uh, what a wonderful presence of God in this house today, and we so much appreciate you coming this morning, and we, we miss our teenagers, but we know they'll be here, they're having a great time there. I think there's over 40 teenagers that went uh, to this retreat this past weekend, and uh, as Pastor Isaac was saying, uh, God's really moving in their lives, and we appreciate I missed them up in the front, too, they're usually packed up here in the front, but uh, uh, we know God touching them. Uh, we are in a new series that we just started last week, and we're talking about walking with God, walking with God. And I kind of gave an introduction last week about walking in closeness to God, and really who you hang with is who you're going to become. And show me your friend, and I'll tell you who you are. And so when you're walking with God, it's reflected in your life. It's reflected in who you are. You can begin to see the reflection of God in you. And that's why it's important that you put a distance between you and ungodly people because the people you walk with is who's going to influence your life. And so we're talking about walking in closeness with God. And there's a scripture here in kind of our theme scripture, Micah uh, chapter 6 verse 8 and I'll read it and then I'll begin to pray and pray the Lord will just minister to your life it said the Lord has told you what is good so God's already told us what's good and this is what he requires of you so God is putting an obligation on you he's putting a demand on you you do what is right do the right thing to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God, to walk humbly with your God. So let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to help us as we dive into this message today. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that your word is true, that your word is powerful, that your word relates to everything about our life. Your word is relevant even in 2023. And God, I pray today that you'll minister to every individual sitting in this place today. Whatever state of mind, whatever state of heart they're in, your word applies, God. I pray today, minister in areas today that they need to hear. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God, that you would anoint every word that I speak today and the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So when we're talking about walking, with God. We're talking about a lifestyle. We are talking about being in alignment with God. Uh, the New Testament talks about walking in the Spirit. Again, it's a metaphor as to walking in alignment with God. And this morning, I want to talk about a particular man who walked in faith. So if you're looking for a title today, is walking with God in faith. Walking with God in faith. And the Bible gives us a great uh, story of a man by the name of Enoch, and we find reference to that story in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, by the way, if, uh, if you don't already know, is what we call the faith chapter. If you ever want to know what faith is and the definition of faith and the characteristics of faith, it's found in Hebrews chapter 11. We call it the faith chapter. Uh, it's kind of the hall of faith. How many have ever heard of the Hall of Fame? A lot of Steelers are on the Hall of Fame, but that's another story. Uh, not a lot of Cowboys. Anyway, anyway, so we're talking about 
I'm talking about the Hall of Faith. Talking about the Hall of Faith. All right, guys, get back to the Hall of Faith here. We've seen what happened to the Cowboys last week. But anyway, um, <clears throat> God, annihilation. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse number, talk about humbly walking, right? <laughs> humbly walking. But anyway, yeah, I thought it, I'm sorry, guys, just wanted to tease you here. Hebrews 11, uh, verse number 5, talks about Enoch. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated, it said, that he should not see death. And was not found because God translated him. In other words, God raptured him. God took him up. For before his translation, he had this testimony. said that he pleased God, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So his testimony was that he pleased God by his faith. And it said, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So what Enoch had with God is that he had faith in God. He trusted God. And the Bible says, this is what pleased God. And so I want to say, if we please God, it doesn't matter if we displease others. Am I right? If we displease God, it does matter then who we please, right? This is why it's important that we make sure that we're pleasing God. And the way we please God, the scripture said, is by our faith, when we put our trust in him. And again, this is Enoch's particular, uh, what is referenced to Enoch is his faith that he pleased God and he walked with God, the Bible says. In other words, he walked in closeness with God. He had this intimate relationship with God it was such a, a, a great relationship that the Bible says he never saw death and that God raptured him right into heaven. And the Bible gives us this short story in Genesis chapter 5 because Hebrews 11 is referencing the short story in Genesis chapter 5. There's not a lot written about Enoch, but there's enough written about him that we can get a good idea of why Enoch was such this great man that walked with God. In fact, in Genesis chapter 5, verse 21, it references that Enoch walked with God. But before I even read that, here's what's really important. In Genesis chapter 5, it's actually kind of a death chapter. And many of you, I know you're not into death, but this is, the Bible talks about that there's just this reoccurring theme that happened in Genesis chapter 5 that you're going to notice. And what happens in Genesis chapter, it's kind of an obituary column where you're reading the deaths of people. In fact, let me read just a few references here. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 5, it says, so all the days that Adam lived were 930 years. How many would like to live 930 years? You know, I often think, why do they live so long? Probably not a lot of additives, not a lot of uh, junk food, processed food. Maybe the air was a little better. Uh, Could be some of that. Who knows? But they lived a long time. But the Bible says he lived 930 years, and then what? He died. Seth lived 105 years and became the father of Enoch. Seth lived after the birth of Enoch, what, 807 years. And had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Set were 912. And what happened? He died. 
So throughout the Bible, in Genesis chapter 5, it tells us, if you read that whole chapter, don't read it now, I'm preaching, but when you get home, you can. Uh, but it tells us these people lived for a long time, but then the Bible said they died. No matter how long they lived, they still died. It's giving us a reference to the fact that you can live a long time, but ultimately you're still going to die. It's a confirmation of what God had said from the very beginning, what happened that brought death. Really, when God created man, man was created to live forever. But the Bible tells us that God spoke to Adam and Eve, and this is what he told them. He said, there is a tree here, basically, in the middle of the garden, Genesis chapter 3. And he goes, and you shall, you can, you, basically, you can have the whole garden, but don't eat that tree for the day that you eat that tree, you will surely die. And then later we find Satan comes in and says, hey, you shall not die. How many know the devil is always telling you the opposite? In fact, if you want to know the will of God, just do the opposite of what the devil tells you to do. And you'll probably be pretty good. But here's, here's the issue. The moment they ate of the fruit, they were in disobedience to God and called death to pass not only from them, but on, the, on all mankind. Just think about it. They had a whole garden. They gave up a whole garden for one tree. They gave up all this beautiful garden that God had provided for one tree. And it's the same problem with people today. They'll give up the commands of God just to commit their own sin. If it feels good, I'm just going to do it. But if you read Genesis chapter 5, at least eight times in that chapter, it talks about they died. And again, it's a reference to what God already told them, that, that death will be passed on to, men, on to men. In fact, Hebrews 9.27 said, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment of God. So not only are we going to face death, but the scripture says one day we're going to face judgment. And if you're not careful, we think, well, you know, I, I'll do what I need to do. The Bible says the wage of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. One man said it this way, sin is like a credit card. You enjoy it now, but you have to pay later. Am I right? You can enjoy it right now, but you're going to pay later. So it gives us a great illustration of the mortality of man, man that you can live hundreds of years. You can even live centuries, but ultimately you're going to die but then it goes down to verse 21, and it gives us a, a, a bright spot here, and it tells us about a man by the name of Enoch, and it starts off like everyone else. He was born, everything else, but then it says in Genesis chapter uh, 5, verse 24, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, what it's referencing there is that he was not, in other words, he was translated or he disappeared or God took him. And the reason being is because he walked with God in such a way that God was so pleased by him that God decided to take him. In fact, there are three references to Enoch's life. And again, we're talking about walking by faith, but I kind of want to lay a foundation about this man by the name of Enoch because he was a man that walked by faith. 
it's referenced three different times his life. In Genesis chapter 5 here, as the man that walked with God. In Hebrews 11, the, the opening scripture that he pleased God. And in Jude, there's a small uh, verse there. Jude is only one chapter in the Bible. The book of Jude is right before the book of Revelation. And it says in Jude uh, Verse 14, now Enoch was the seventh from Adam. He prophesied about these men also. Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. So the Bible says that Enoch was a prophet, that God's spirit was upon him, and he prophesied what would happen in the future. His appearance is very brief in the Bible, but his impact is long-lasting. When you begin to read about the life of Enoch, you're seeing a man that is walking with God. How many would love to be known as a man associated with walking with God? In other words, when they talked about your life, they said, man, he walked with God. That was a man or woman that walked with God. So let's read here Genesis chapter 5. Verse 21, and we'll read this small story about him. It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, pay, pay close attention to this. He fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years, and he had other sons. So he had his first son at 65. That's tough to believe, but he did. And he lived 300 years, and even after that, he had sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Interesting, there's 365 days in a year, and he lived 365 years. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of unique. And then Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. In other words, he got snatched right in or translated right into heaven. Nothing could be better said about you is that, that you walk with God. Enoch walked with God. He walked in alignment with God. And again, this is a metaphor. This is a, a figure of speech that this man was in alignment with God. So what, what is it? Why is it that it's so pleasing to God that you walk with him? Because God created us so that we could worship and please him. Because it's for your benefit. Because when we worship and please other things, it destroys us. When we worship ourselves, it destroys us. When we worship other things, it destroys us. God knows that when you worship him and put him first, it benefits you. The benefits are far greater than you think. Now, here's the problem with many of us. We think we know God by knowledge, but we don't really have a relationship with God. Enoch pleased God by faith. I, I picked up a, a, a reference here that said seven in ten people say that they believe in God. Six in ten people believe Jesus rose from the dead. Yet people live, the way people live today, seems like they don't re, their, their life doesn't reflect the teachings of Jesus. We have a lot of people that believe God exists, but we have a lot of people that I would call crazy. Christian atheist, your life reflects as if God doesn't exist. See, at least atheists can say, I don't believe in God, but Christians say they believe in God, but their life doesn't reflect it. All right, somebody can say amen. You talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk. 
until you decide that Jesus is better, then you're going to look for something else better. Long time ago, I realized there ain't nothing better than God. So all my other op options got closed up. That's it. But as long as you keep your options open that there's something better than God, then you're never going to commit to a lifestyle with God because you're always looking for something better. I realized there ain't nothing better than God. I said there is nothing better than God. So what, what does it mean to know God personally? In simple terms, it means that it means more than having knowledge of God. It means having a personal relationship with God. So let, let me just make it in simple, in the most simplest way I can say it to you. There's a lot of us that you may have knowledge of somebody, uh, maybe a public celebrity or somebody in public office. And because you've seen them on TV, you've heard them, you've seen them in movies, you have this affinity with them. You say, oh, I know who they are. Oh, yeah, I've been following them. You know, they like coffee. They like this color. And so you think you really know them because, you, you, you know, you've heard their stories and they share all these different things. And you go, oh, yeah, man, I know them. And, man, when I see them, yeah, there he is right there. Hey, you know. And you start and they look at you like, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, I follow you, man. You know, yeah. Yeah, get away from me. I don't got time for you right now. You know, Matt Damon, I know Matt Damon, yes. I've seen you in the movie. And, and I know what you like. And they would look at you like, I don't know who you are. And you may have some references to them. You may have knowledge of them, but you have never sat down with them. You don't have a personal relationship with them. And it's the same way with God. You may know the things of God. You may even read the Bible. You may even know and heard of Jesus, but you don't know him personally in your life. You've never asked him to come in your heart. You don't have a personal relationship with God. You're not walking with God. It can, it's easy to substitute religion for a relationship. Psalms 37, 23 said, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Another version said, The step a man's steps follow the Lord, and God is pleased with his ways. In other words, when you're in step with God... God is pleased with the way you're walking. That tells me today that God has the plan for all of us. How many believe that? We're not living haphazardly here, just kind of living life and just saying, well, I'm just going about. God had the plan for your life. And friend, the greatest thing that you can discover, let me just say this. The greatest thing that's ever been discovered is not electricity, it's not solar power. The greatest thing you can discover today is God's plan for your life, that God had the destiny. He had the plan for you today. And if you will put him first, he'll change everything about you. Again, Psalms 37, 23, another very version, it says, when a man's steps follow the Lord, God is pleased in his way. So God was pleased with Enoch in such a way that God translated him. The rest of that scripture said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. Then it said, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, verse 24, for the Lord upholds him. So how many understand that as we walk with God, there are times we are going to stumble. 
There are times that we are going to fall, and yet the Bible says God's going to be there to hold us up. See, a lot of times we think we're holding on to God. God's holding on to you. It's not so much you're holding on to God. I, I, I'm remembering this story of a little boy and his father who were crossing the street, and maybe this has happened to you, and, and uh, as, as they were about to cross the street, I think the father must have misjudged the car that was coming, but the car was coming faster than he thought. And he said, man, I'm already halfway down the street. And so he, he grabbed the little boy as fast as he could, you know, and, and held onto his hand, and he zoomed across the street as fast as he could. And the little boy's feet almost didn't even touch the ground. And the little boy looked at his dad, and he goes, I held on, huh, dad? He didn't realize his dad was holding on to him. That's a lot of us today. We think, God, you know, I held on, man. God's the one that's been holding on to you this whole time. God's the one that got you across that street. Second thing I want you to realize today is we got to have some motivation to serve God or motivation to walk with God. Enoch had some motivation here. And I believe there's several places here that we can look at. I'm going to point out three, not necessarily in this order. But I believe these things maybe cause Enoch to walk with God. Many of us, before you decided to walk with God, maybe you had this aha moment like, I get it. I got to walk with God. Something came over you. Something you realized like, hey, you know what? I, I need to walk with God. With Enoch, again, not necessarily in this order, but could it have been his family caused him to walk with God? Look at what it says here. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 21, which was really interesting to me, it says, Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah, right? And Methuselah, what it means, uh, well, I'll tell you what it means in a moment, but he's calling him Methuselah for a reason. And in verse 22, it says, Enoch walked with God after the birth of Methuselah for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. So when he had Methuselah, the Bible, excuse me, the Bible says that he walked with God. Could it be that after the birth of his son, that something clicked? I don't know if you've ever had, if you have any children, but I can tell you the first birth of my first son really just kind of sobers you up like, man, I'm a father now. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I'm not just, it's not just about me. Now I got a bigger responsibility. All of a sudden, man, I got to be a role model. I got I to gotta be an example. You know, I, I imagine that when Methuselah, before he got, before he realized he was going to become a father, maybe he came home one day and there was his wife and she was knitting. I don't know, maybe she was putting something together and goes, what is that for? Are you going to a baby shower? He goes, no, this is, this is. You're going to have a baby like, wow, man, I'm 65. How could that even happen? <laughs> and could you imagine if you, if you ever had a son or a daughter, the excitement of the birth of the child? And could it be it made such a tremendous impact upon him that he said, man, I, I need to do something. I know for me, uh, having my first son, and now I have three sons, one of the, the goals of my life have been if... If I'm going to succeed in anything, I want to succeed in being a good father. I'm, I've always prayed for my, all three of my sons that, you know, that they would serve God, that they would 
have an encounter with God, that I understood that my, my, my children are not going to live off of my encounter. Your children are not going to live off what you did serving God. They got to have their own encounter with God. And the only way they can have that, and one of the ways is you got to be an example. You got to pray for them. You got to believe God for them. You got to believe that God would get a hold of them. I heard this statement. One man said this, I hate to go to hell twice. Hell would be for me, or hell would be hell for me if I went to hell and took one of my children with me. I read this story about this man who was at home, and there were the church members that came to share the gospel with him, to share Jesus with that man. And this man was a hardworking man. This man was responsible, but as the church member began to share his passion about God and began to tell this hardworking man about the things of God and how Jesus can make a difference in his life, this hardworking man just said, ah, you know, I don't need God. I'm okay. And begin to make excuses after excuses. You know, I'm responsible. I work hard. I don't need God. I don't need any of those things. And so the church member left that place kind of sad and realized, man, I didn't make any impact. But it was after that man left that the Hardworking man's little son jumped on his lap, and he was just in preschool, and he crawled up his daddy's lap, and he put his arms around his daddy's neck, and he looked in his daddy's face and said, we don't want to be a Christian, do we, daddy? We don't need to go to church, do we, daddy? And it was then that that man became a Christian because he realized he had a responsibility to point his children to God. He realized, could it be that Enoch realized, you know what? He now had a responsibility to point his son and his children to God, to be an example to them. Number two, I believe something else came upon Enoch. And could it be that he had a fear of God? Now, let me explain this to you. Genesis 5.21 says, Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Now, Methuselah, what it means is when he is gone, it will be sent. Now, there's a reason why I'm saying this to you. When he is gone, it will be sent. It was kind of a prophetic statement when Methuselah was born, and he named him that, that when he is gone, it will be sent. Because really, when you begin to read the Bible, and again, I don't have time to get into everything, but it was after the death of Methuselah that the flood came. It was after Methuselah had died that the flood came. And really, could it have been a prophetic word that God was giving Enoch to name his son Methuselah that after his death, there would be a flood that would come because later on, Methuselah had a son by the name of Noah and Noah lived 600 years, and so God waited a long time for the flood. And I want you to realize today the reason why judgment doesn't come quickly is because God is patient with us. 
God wants to give us time. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient with us because he does not want any to perish, but to all come to repentance. God's patient with people. We, we get impatient. We're praying for people like, when are they going to come to the Lord? Be patient. God's patient with people. He's giving them some time. You know, we want, man, we want people to get saved right away. God's giving them some time. God's giving them a moment. But it was 600 years after that, and total 900 and something years by time the flood came because it was prophesied, listen to me, it was prophesied that it would happen after that. In other words, it will be sent. Now, here's what I want to talk about walking with God and the reason fear comes into play. A lot of us just say, well, fear is not a good motivation. Unhealthy fear is not good. Unhealthy fear, they said fear, what it means is false evidence appearing real. That's an unhealthy fear. But there is such thing as a healthy fear that can motivate you. Psalm 25, 14 said, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Proverbs 9.10 said, the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. How many understand that when a medical doctor talks to you, he uses fear many times to get you to sober up. You need to stop smoking. You need to stop doing this. You're going to get heart disease. You're going to cut your life in half. You're going to get lung disease, pulmonary disease, some type of emphysema, you need to stop smoking. When the law says, hey, don't drink and drive, you'll be arrested, that fear gets a hold of you, am I right? When your family member says, you need to get in shape, man, you got some health issues, that fear comes into play, am I right? Now, I'm not saying fear is the only motivation, but sometimes fear is more productive than education. We can, a lot of people can give us information. Sometimes you need a little bit of fear to get you motivated. Am I right? I believe fear caused him to walk. It said it was by faith, Hebrews chapter 11, that he pleased God. In other words, he was one that pleased God in a time that was very, very tough. It was a very trying time. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. See, it's not just believing in God that will get you into eternity but having a fear and reverence of God. The Bible says in James 2.19, you believe there is one God, you do well. The demons also believe, and they tremble. Unless your fear turns into faith, nothing's going to happen. This is why I believe consistency is a big deal. Enoch had a consistency. Say consistency. Consistency means constant. I see a lot of people start off well, but they don't finish how many know you got, if you're going to start something, you need to finish it? How many of you have started painting your kitchen? It's about half painted, and it's like, man, what happened here? You started painting, but it's not even done. What happened to the molding, you know? Didn't get, didn't get done. You know, everything else real clean, but you got all this dirty, messed up. Anyway, let's go on. So Enoch walked with God after the birth of Methuselah for 300 years, and had other sons and daughters. So he just didn't walk with God a little bit. He walked with God for centuries. I mean, he stood consistent in his walk. 
he just didn't start off and didn't finish, but he consistently walked with God. And he walked with God in a time and an environment that was not perfect. In other words, we may say, as we're sitting here, like, well, it was easy to walk with God then. You know, there wasn't a lot happening. In fact, it was worse than it is today. You're thinking, man, this is really bad. I'm telling you, it was worse. The Bible says it was so bad that God brought judgment on them and eventually a flood that wiped every. The Bible says there was evil in man and, and his, in every way that he thought, in, in any way that he thought. So this is why he lived in a bad environment and yet he was still consistent with God. See, many of us think, well, man, if I just had the perfect environment. Can I tell you, Adam and Eve had the perfect environment, and they still sinned. Well, man, I need to move out of state. I need to move over here. And here. No matter where you go, sin is everywhere. You know, I remember you used to say, we're going to move to Fontana. That was a big thing 20 years ago. Have you been to Fontana lately? We're moving to Fontana. I had a whole bunch of family move to Fontana. They thought it was like, yes. This is. I don't even know if they're listening right now, but <laughs> probably like 30 years ago, we're moving there, yeah. And now they go, oh, my goodness, what did I do? Anyway, it doesn't matter where you go. You need to be consistent with God. Can you say amen? If it won't work here, it's not going to work over there. You need to be consistent in your walk with God. He lived during the days of Noah, he lived during a time that there was a lot of things going on. And here's, what, here's one of the last things I want to talk about. He walked with God despite all the problems. I'm going to just tell you today, can I just put, kind of put a news flash out there? We're, we're always going to have problems. Your problems are never going to go away. Is there anybody here that don't have a problem in your life? I need to sit down and talk with you. Who are you? You don't have a problem in your whole life. All of us have problems. There's nobody that's going to live life without any problem. Enoch lived during a very perverted time, very perverted society, and yet he lived consistently in the midst of problems, in the midst of all that was going on. And a lot of us today will say it's hard to be a Christian. I know it's hard to be a Christian, but man, stay consistent. You're never going to live life without any problems. Can I tell you what we need is the power of God. I said we need the power of God working in us today. And how do we release that power? I was reading a story about a guy who went to see a nuclear plant. And as he was looking at this nuclear plant where they were generating all this power for electricity, he was talking to one of the men there or one of the engineers. And he asked him, he said, well, uh, how does this all work? You know, how does this all, you know, he said, you guys produce a lot of power. He said, we don't produce any power. He goes, yeah, you are, you're producing. I go, no, 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 we don't produce any power at all. He goes, well, what do you mean you don't produce power? He goes, no, we don't produce power, we release power. The power is in the, what is it, you, yeah, that word right there, I'll figure it out later. I don't know how I got stuck in that. It's the same way. When the power of God is working in your life, it's released by faith. I said it is released by your faith in God today. So he walked with God for 300 years, and the Bible says that the last thing about his walk, 
is that he finished his walk. The Bible said that he was translated into heaven. Somehow God translated him. Do you realize today that one day there is going to be a rapture of the church? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Look at what it says here in 1 Corinthians 15. It says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We're not all going to sleep. In other words, we're not all going to die. But we all shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In other words, Enoch is kind of a prefigure of the church. One day we're going to be raptured. One day when we're walking with God, who knows, one day God just may rapture you and all of a sudden you're not going to be here anymore. This is the world today. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things going around right now. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you walking with God? Do you know him personally? And this was the unique thing about Enoch is that he walked with God. And I believe today God is encouraging us to walk with him. God is encouraging us today to keep our focus in him. I'm getting kicked out of the platform right now. But I want to tell you that if you'll walk with God, your whole life will change. I want to pray for you. Why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes right now.